Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, Episode 78, Trademarks for Bloggers and Podcasters, with Gordon Firemark. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the podcast about podcasting, a how-to podcast that teaches you about audacity and gives you the guts and teaches you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. And today we're continuing our podcasting legal series And a lot of this applies to bloggers as well. So even if you're just a blogger, this still applies to you and podcasters as well. So there's a lot of great information here about trademarks and do we need to trademark things? What about protecting our trademarks or registering or not registering? And so much more that my guest, Gordon Firemark, will share with us in a moment. And this is a pre-recorded interview that I had with him. So... Thank you for the feedback that we'll share in this, and there's still a chance to send your feedback for our future topics, but very, very little time left. It's just a day before I speak with Gordon Firemark again, so get your feedback in quickly if you want to ask questions about registering your podcasting or blogging as a business, as well as privacy policies, disclaimers, notices, and that kind of thing about law and podcasting or blogging. But Gordon Firemark is an awesome guy. I'm really happy that he was able to make it for these interviews and the upcoming episodes that we'll be doing together as well. Last time in episode 77, which was over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 77, we talked about copyrights and really helpful information, I think. And this time it's about trademarks. But before we get into this, I want to tell you about my sponsor. It's GoToMeeting. Being able to attach a face to a person and a name is really important. It's easy for recognizing them, for building that relationship with them. But if you can't meet in person with your clients or colleagues, then attaching that face with them is difficult. That's why I recommend GoToMeeting with HD Faces. It lets you meet face-to-face through the internet. It's really easy to set up. You can even use an iPad for it, and it will use the built-in iSight camera on the iPad or, or the FaceTime camera on there or iPhones, and it works beautifully on there. So check it out. It's GoToMeeting by Citrix. It's really quick and easy to set up. Just a couple clicks, and you've got a meeting. You can schedule a meeting ahead of time or launch one right on the fly. It's really easy for you to use, easy for your clients and colleagues to use. I really like GoToMeeting. It's high quality, super easy, really fast, and works really well on all sorts of systems. So our listeners, my listeners, you guys, can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Don't wait. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. You can start hosting your own face-to-face online meetings today with GoToMeeting. Go to GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Just make sure that you use that promo code PODCAST because that's very important so they know where you came from. Thank you, GoToMeeting, for your support. Now let's get into this. Gordon Firemark is an entertainment lawyer. 
And that might sound boring, but he's a really cool guy and he has some really helpful information that a lot of us really need. Because if we don't follow this information, it could get us in deep trouble in a lot of situations, as well as uh, some ways that we can protect ourselves, our branding, our content, and ways that we can make sure that we are doing things right. So that's why I want to bring to you this conversation that he and I had about trademarks for bloggers and podcasters. You can check out Gordon's site over at firemark.com. And he mentions his book, The Podcast Blog and New Media Producers Legal Survival Guide. I have an affiliate link for this. I'd love it if you want to purchase this book, which I highly recommend that you do. Then check out the affiliate link, which is at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash podcastlawbook. So when he mentions his website domain, just please do it as theaudacitytopodcast.com slash podcastlawbook. He also hosts the Entertainment Law Update podcast, and he's on Twitter as GFireMark and pretty much everywhere else on the web as GFireMark. So check out his site, check out his other stuff, and enjoy this conversation that we had about trademarks for bloggers and podcasters. Gordon Firemark, welcome to the Audacity to Podcast. Hi, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about trademarks. And we've talked about copyright laws, which applies to works of uh, or productions, basically. I guess mm-hmm. you could summarize it. What are trademarks? A trademark is a brand. A brand is another word for trademark. A trademark is a, a word or a symbol or a combination of words or, or a, a logo or design of some sort that's used in interstate commerce to identify the source of a particular uh, product or service. So um, sometimes that's the name of the product itself. Sometimes it's uh, it's a, a reference to the company that makes the product. You know, the 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 red triangle in the upper corner of a box of crackers. I don't need to tell you what company that is, do I? <laughs> Nabisco. Right. So so Nabisco has done a very effective job of creating a mark that tells the world this is a Nabisco product. That's a trademark. So is a is a a phrase like the real thing. It's the real thing. Remember Coca-Cola used to use that, that brand to identify Coca-Cola products. And there's lots of, you know, lots of other examples of that. Other examples are Xerox, you know, which is the company name, but it's also a name that's used to identify where a particular brand of, where a particular copy machine comes from. Xerox had some trouble with their mark because everybody, regardless of who made the machine would call it a Xerox. (laughs) So they had to go out and, and work hard to keep their protection. So yeah, trademark protection is one of these things that's um, a little more challenging than copyright. You have to use it in commerce and you have to uh, be careful that it doesn't become a generic term. There are some examples of generic terms. Aspirin is a uh, a term that was originally trademark. And because it became so widely used to describe anybody's version of that acetosalicylic acid product, now aspirin is the generic term for that drug. And the Bayer company that invented it doesn't get to be the only ones that use the word aspirin. Wow. Yeah. What about for podcasters? Should we be trademarking any of our content titles, logos, cover art? I mean, we do so many different things, different uh, additions or derivatives are of our own trademarks, both like titles, episode titles, and 
titles of the entire podcast as a whole sure. or the the website or certain terms that we come up with in our yeah. podcast and our logos and cover art in different forms. Yeah. Titles are a little bit of a challenge because the the trademark office doesn't really like to protect a single standalone title. So the title of a web page might not get registered. But when it's a series of something like episodes of a of a podcast or or of a TV show or or movie uh, something, then it is entitled to that protection. So, for example, my show is called Entertainment Law Update, and and leaving aside for a moment the fact that that's a very descriptive term, um, I you know I might be able to, because I've used it in commerce for a while and it's you know sufficiently linked to me then it's distinctive enough to be entitled to a, a trademark protection. That's the the threshold for protection under trademarks is distinctiveness. I'm trying to think of a good example of, an, of a very generic descriptive term that wouldn't be entitled to protection. Um, and all the ones that I think of are now, in fact, entitled to protection. You know, pay less shoes. Very clear what this is. It's a shoe store that sells shoes for cheap. And um, when it first started up, that wouldn't have been entitled to protection until it's been used in commerce long enough that it's acquired a secondary meaning. People now connect it with a particular line, a chain of shoe stores. Well, let's make something up. How to podcast. Exactly. Good example. Very, very descriptive. So at the outset, when you're starting up that podcast, you're not going to be entitled to uh, any any trademark protection for that. And in fact, um, you might see that there are a lot of other podcasters out there who maybe it's not the title of their show, but they use the phrase in in their intro or in their announcements or, you know, who knows what. Um, and that's the whole idea. We don't want to take term, you know, important descriptive terminology out of the lexicon completely. But after how to podcast becomes well known among its audience so that everybody goes, Oh, how to podcast is so-and-so's show. Then, then we, uh, are entitled. Then we, it starts to acquire that distinctiveness by what we call secondary meaning. So now the public is connecting that brand with that, uh, that particular person or, or source. Nabisco is an, an interesting example of that. Nabisco, um, leaving aside the, the abbreviation, Nabisco stands for National Biscuit Company. <laughs> and so National Biscuit Company was a very generic term. But when they you know brought it in, and they eventually did get protection for that, and then they shortened it to Nabisco and so on. So then looking at things that we might use that we might consider trademarks. Mm-hmm. Like I consider the titles of each of my podcasts to be trademarks. Uh, like I have the audacity to podcast yep. the ramen noodle once mm-hmm. podcast. And are you just watching and uh, Christian meets world? I'm treating each of those as trademarks mm-hmm. and many other podcasters might want to do the same, but then that raises the question of how do we indicate that? And should we be registering these trademarks? Yeah. Well, it, trademark registration is is an important component here. I mean, again, trademark is something that you do get a certain amount of rights from just using it in commerce. If you're the first there and you've got a distinctive mark, you do have the right to, you know, to sort of put a stop to other people using it in a way that competes with you unfairly. That's that's the unfair competition component of things. Now, trademark registration confers a broader set of rights and a, and a more concrete set of rights essentially to the trademark owner that registration process is a um it's non-trivial uh, in 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 the workload involved in doing it and the cost of doing it it's several hundred dollars in filing fees you probably need a lawyer to help out so you figure it's going to cost about a thousand bucks to register a trademark 
properly and, and get it all to, to go through smoothly. Um, some people do it themselves on the trademark office and all they pay is those filing fees and as often as not they end up needing some help with something that the trademark office has responded and said, well, we're going to reject it unless you prove this, this, or this. You know, So, so it's non-trivial, but it is worth doing if you've got a valuable brand that you're building. Um, the ones you listed, Dana, just to be clear, I think other than one, the Once podcast, I think all of those others are probably distinctive enough, enough starting out that you know, once you can prove you've used it in commerce, you're, you're going to be fine. Once podcast might be on the descriptive side of things and, and therefore might take a little while for you to achieve that distinctiveness that you're, you're uh, aiming for. How about indicating these trademarks? There are two symbols. Yeah. There's the TM and then the R with the circle around it. There are actually three symbols because oh. there's also an S with a circle on it. I'm sorry, no, there's, a, there's also the SM. Sorry, the, the R in a circle indicates that the mark is registered. TM indicates a trademark. Trademark is something that's applied to goods, products, physical stuff. Um, SM is for service marks. It's really the same protection. It's just what's covered by them. SM covers service marks. And a, a show like a podcast is probably going to be considered a service rather than a product. Um, and so, you know, it doesn't really matter. Just, I think the thing to do would be, um, if you're, if your mark is unregistered, um, everywhere it appears in, you know, as a title of a, of an episode, for example, you want to use that little, um, capital S capital M or cap and yeah, you might as well do both TMSM, um, to uh, indicate that you're, you're claiming a, a service mark for this particular brand. Okay. And, and you've all seen that. It's you know, you're usually in a little tiny superscript or subscript next to the mark itself. Yeah. And a lot of fonts actually have that built in as a character that's easy to add. Yeah. Just look at the font that you're using and you can find that character. Yeah. A little harder in, in the web space when you're doing something on a web page because the fonts are fairly limited in most, uh, most browsers and most uh, web server systems. If we have a trademark or we're claiming something as a trademark, how can we protect that? Let me give a couple examples of things that I've actually run into with myself okay. and want your feedback on them. You can tell me I was right or wrong. Uh, the Audacity to Podcast mm -hmm. is a trademark that I've been using for a while. Yep. And I have seen, of course, people use those words together sometimes. Yeah. Not very often, but a couple times. But I have seen a couple times where someone has released a blog post or a podcast mm -hmm. episode and they've titled it the exact same way the audacity to podcast so i've gone to them and i've referred to this thing the lanham or lanham act which yeah. i'd love for you to elaborate on that in a moment <laughs> the but, lanham act is the u.s uh statute the law for that that establishes trademark protection and um the uh, Lanham Act does, in fact, give you protection, as I said, even if it isn't a registered mark, uh, against people competing with you unfairly. Now, if I am out you know, giving a talk and I'm talking about how audacious it is for somebody to do a podcast and I say, and this person had the audacity to podcast, that's probably not infringing on your trademark because I'm not talking about your podcast or my podcast. You know, I'm not titling it that. I'm not, I'm not calling it the audacity to podcast. But if somebody does create a blog post or an episode of a show under that title, that probably does infringe on, on your mark. And so you would be justified in contacting them and asking them, please, you know, change the name or stop doing that or, you know, whatever. Um, I, this happened to me again, my show is called entertainment law update. And as I said, it's a very descriptive mark. Now I've been using that title for about four years. 
I have a number of episodes out under that. I do a monthly show, so it's not that many episodes. But um, and I have a number, a big broad, broad base of listeners that listen to my show. All of whom happen to be lawyers like myself or law <laughs> students who, you know, know about trademark law. So it's kind of an interesting audience. Anyway, there was a there just a few weeks ago, um, a fellow put up a, another lawyer put up a, a blog post called Entertainment Law Update colon, and then the, it was what the story was actually about. And um, so I contacted him. I, I, I laid out my case. I said, I've been doing this show for a long time. I've got a lot of listeners. I'd really appreciate it if in the future you wouldn't use this particular terminology. I'm sure you can find something else that gets you the same keyword success, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I got an email back from him right away. I sort of expected I might get a, a, a big middle finger back. And what I got instead was, oh, of course, I'd be glad to change it right away. You know, so this is an example of you catch more flies with honey. I was sort of very nice and pleasant in my tone in my email and, and he would responded accordingly. So that's just a little bit of advice there. Now, if you do have a registered mark or even an unregistered mark, you do have an obligation to police this stuff. You can't just let it go. So when somebody's out there using things that you feel infringes, you need to put them on notice and, and ask them to stop. And if they don't stop, then you might have to do something about it if you, if you want to hold on to the, to the trademark. This is a doctrine in the law called the doctrine of latches. And basically what it says is if you sit on your rights, you will lose them. I've, I've had that correspondence before a couple of times where I've asked someone, can you change the title of this? And they got extremely upset at me. Yeah. And there's another trademark that I'm in the middle of asking someone to respect. And they've asked me for my trademark number and they've asked for my lawyers, and it's an unregistered trademark. And many of us might have that kind of case yeah. where someone else is titling their thing that infringes on our trademark that we have prior claim to that we might have been using for a year or more. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that we can do without having to get all official with a, a law system and hiring lawyers to try and protect the trademark? Well, I, you know, I think asking nicely is the first step. And if you get a, you know, a, a difficult response back, then you may end up having to get a lawyer involved. Um, you know, the fact that you don't have a registered trademark doesn't mean you're not entitled to stop them from competing with you unfairly. But now you get into having to be able to, you know, cite chapter and verse of the law that you know comes into play here. And and so, yeah, unfortunately, you probably did in that situation need to bring in a lawyer to write the next cease and desist letter, which would be a much bigger shot across the bow. Um, you know, and you'd have to sort of have some evidence that you were there first and that they, um, they were in fact competing unfairly and it violates the particulars. What about if we haven't actually been marking those trademarks? Do we still have protection? Like if we've been using it for a while Practically speaking, I've been using the Audacity to podcast and these other titles of my podcast yeah. since I've launched them. Only recently, like in the last few months, have mm -hmm. I gone through my website and added the TM symbols to almost every time I use those. Yeah, the symbols are not absolutely mandatory, but it's all about putting the rest of the world on notice that you're claiming trademark rights here. I mean, certainly if it went into court and this guy's you know, had seen your stuff well, or could have seen your stuff if he'd done a simple Google search and would have seen, oh, that's a that's someone claiming a trademark. And then they went ahead and used it anyway. That's going to be, you know, more 
it's going to offend the sensibilities of the judge and jury more, I think. So that's really what, where that plays in. Now, once it's a registered trademark, then I think the, the, the symbol is more of a requirement. Okay. What about when the trademark is under the control of a company in some sense? And what I mean by that is, let's say I trademark a title. Mm-hmm. And someone else is using that then as a username on uh, Twitter or Facebook, or maybe they registered their domain after I started using it as a trademark, maybe even added the trademark symbol to it, the TM, and I've been using it consistently. Is there any basis? Because a lot of these places like Twitter, for example, you can file a trademark infringement claim uh-huh. with them, but they require the trademark registration number and all of this other stuff that you only get if you've registered the trademark. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And in the domain registration uh, arena, especially that's an issue. Um, somebody registers your brand name as their domain. Um, getting that brand name back is a real challenge unless you have a registered trademark. Um, there is a process that you can do it, but, but it's hard. Um, companies like Twitter and Facebook and, and LinkedIn and all these others, they have, you know, pretty clear policies about how they will operate on this front. And I, I don't know that it's impossible if you don't have a registered mark, if you can prove longstanding use of the brand and so on, and that it's really an unregistered trademark, but you've got important regi- you know, important rights nonetheless, you could probably get them to, to do something about it. But the registration is going to be much more valuable. And frankly, it's going to cost you less to do a registration than to pay a lawyer to fight with them over that over the course of you know six months or a year to accomplish what you want to get accomplished. So um, unfortunately, you know, and, and there's nothing to stop you from registering the mark now once you discover that infringement in order to prove to the Twitters and so on that, that you uh, are entitled to that back. So registration is uh, you know, a good idea in these situations. I should take that back. There, there is nothing. You're allowed to do that registration as long as you can, you know, under oath say that there's nobody else entitled to use it. And so you'd have to do some analysis with your lawyer on that. But, but uh, yeah, registration would be the way to go. Okay. Gordon Firemark, thank you very much for sharing this information. And we'll have some more uh, in the coming weeks with you, some more episodes about other content like privacy policies, disclaimers, and business use and more. But tell us, where can people find you on the internet? Well, I am easily found at firemark.com. And uh, you can find my book, the podcast blog, and new media producer's legal survival guide at podcastlawbook.com. That's podcastlawbook.com. And my podcast, that uh, for anybody who's interested in hearing you know, esoteric entertainment law cases and analysis, it's at entertainmentlawupdate.com. And are you on Twitter too? I'm on Twitter. My handle is uh, at gfiremark. Gfiremark is sort of my handle on all the social media sites. So you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook and, and uh, others at the same handle. Okay. Great. Do you have that trademarked? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's my surname. Nobody's ever going to stop me from using it. So uh, as long as I get there first, I'm in good shape. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's that actually problem. what I do. Just, just another tip. That's actually what I do is I try to go as soon as a new site comes up that I think is going to have any value at all. I will go and register to, and register my membership there under under my favorite handle just to make sure it stays there. You know. And that's really our only protection for something like that, right? It's the path of least resistance in most cases. Yeah, I run into that because I've changed my branding over Mm -hmm. the years. And now I'm trying to brand myself as Daniel J. Lewis. And I'm finding that a lot of places already have that registered. 
Well, it's also you know um, probably a much more common name than Gordon Firemark. Yeah, that's why I <laughs> so added the J. Some of that is just the distinctiveness <laughs> of the name. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining me for these last couple episodes of the Audacity to Podcast, and I will hear from you soon. And uh, listeners uh, will be able to send in their feedback and get some more questions and topics about uh, law. And coming up, we'll be talking about privacy policies and disclaimers, as well as uh, business use of podcasting. So thank you very much, Gordon, for joining me. Daniel, that's great. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm so grateful for Gordon Firemark being in here and discussing all of this with us. And again, check him out at his website, firemark.com. And I'll have links to this stuff and the show notes, uh, an outline of what he talked about in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 78. Now, a couple things came up since this that I wanted to mention. He was talking about in social media spaces with the usernames and registering your username in as many places as you can just to protect it, even if you're not going to use those sites. However, there are some services, and I found that Instagram is one of them, where they will not hand over a trademark infringing or a trademark violating account. I've contacted them about one of my trademarks, my uh, one of my oldest trademarks, where I can easily demonstrate that I have uh, entitlement to it. And they have very clearly said to me that they will not hand over trademark infringing accounts, and it's totally first come, first serve. So you may run into that with some social media sites. And if you have a registered trademark, you have a whole lot more basis to try and go after it. But even then, some of these places may just refuse to work with you. Now, I I really doubt Instagram would refuse to work with someone like Apple or Microsoft if they came and said, hey, someone's using our trademark in your service. We want that account. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't just say, no, sorry, first come, first serve. Sorry, Microsoft and Apple and all of you expensive people with your billions of dollars worth of lawyers. No, we're not going to do that. So, As a precaution, just try and register everywhere you can. That's great advice. I wish I followed that a while back. Unfortunately, I didn't. Now, I do this show live every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Right now, we're in Eastern Daylight Time. So that's GMT minus four over at noodle.mx slash live. And we've got a few people in the chat room. And in the chat room, they're talking about my other podcast, The Ramen Noodle. And they're kind of joking about, will I be in danger of being sued? with that title of The Ramen Noodle. And one of the reasons I chose that title is for my flagship podcast, the Clean Comedy Podcast, over at cleancomedypodcast.com. If, uh, well, it's, it's not a trademark, actually. Ramen noodles are not a trademark because there are multiple brands that use that now, or competing brands. In fact, there's uh, Nissan, and Marachan, I think is how you pronounce it, and several other brands too that mark their things as ramen or ramen noodles. Ramen noodles are just kind of a generic title now, just kind of like saying spaghetti noodles. Actually, I think that's redundant to say spaghetti noodles. Anyway, it's a generic title. I am using it as a trademark by adding the word the and not using the S in it because no one usually says the ramen noodle They usually say ramen noodle. So it's something that I have been claiming as a trademark for a long time and continue to claim as a trademark too. Just trying to move away from it in my personal branding in some ways. So 
I hope that you check out the stuff that Gordon has mentioned and will be able to apply this in your field of expertise and however you're working with your blog or podcast and make sure that you go back to the show notes if you want to review some of this stuff and get some of this information so you can go to the audacity to podcast.com slash 78 and get that information there and you can also check out Gordon's book which is at the audacity to podcast.com slash podcast law book and that's my affiliate link there you can get his book in pdf form ebook form in uh, for several different devices and compatible in different ways so check that out the audacity to podcast.com with all of the links over at slash 78 and still upcoming in this series with gordon firemark is we'll have a discussion next time about privacy policies disclaimers and notices and then after that so this would be episode 80 we'll have a conversation about podcasting as a business and what kind of tax benefits you could get for that. I already have some questions for these last two topics, but if you want to send in more questions, or if we covered something not quite as applicable to your situation as you'd like, and you really have some very specific questions that you'd like Gordon to answer in maybe an additional podcast that we might add to this, like a Q&A episode, then please send that over to feedback at the audacity to podcast.com or call in to 903-231-2221 and leave a voicemail there. Or you can also go to the audacity to podcast.com slash or well, just the audacity to podcast.com and click the send a voice message button and link over on the right side there. And I have a poll that I didn't mention last week, but it's been running for a week. And if you go to the site or the show notes for this episode, you can vote in this poll. I'm asking, have you registered a copyright or a trademark? I did mention that last week, actually. So I'd like to know, have you registered one or not? So please vote in that poll over at theaudacitypodcast.com, anywhere like on the site. It's over on the bar sidebar or in the show notes at slash 78. And I'm speaking at the Podcasting 101 track at Blog World New York City. It's coming up June 5th through the 7th, and it will be a really cool time with so many other great people. Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting will be there. Actually, several of us will be on a couple panels together talking about Podcasting 101. It'll be Dave Jackson, Ray Ortega from the Podcaster Studio, that's two S's in the middle, as well as a surprise to me, Dan Lyons from Podcast Like a Radio DJ will be there. And Dan Lyons brings, I think he might be the only one of the podcasting professionals who talk about podcasting who comes from a radio background. So he brings a lot of radio experience and live experience and interview experience to this and more so than I think several of us other podcasting professionals. And then I'll be there as well from the Audacity Podcast. And we'll have a great time. I'll be there all week in New York City, and I'd love to see you there. Please let me know if you're going. You can comment in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 78. Or if you haven't purchased your ticket yet, you might still have time for the discount. Use the promo code GSPN10 to also save 10% off your admission. And I have a link in the show notes or go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash blogworld and you can register for that. So please send me your feedback for these upcoming couple topics. 
that uh, you might have questions or specifics that you want to hear from Gordon Firemark. Again, it really needs to be really soon because I'm recording this on Monday afternoon. That is April 23rd, and we are scheduled to record our next couple episodes on April 24th in the afternoon. So you have very little time to send in additional questions or comments that you want him to address. But send that to feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call 903-231-2221 or go to theaudacitypodcast.com and click the send a voice message button. Lastly, if you're interested in following my personal life, I've started a personal blog and I'm blogging about technology, social media, personal stuff, productivity, freelancing, web design, pretty much anything I feel like blogging over there that doesn't fit into my any other podcast websites that I run. So check it out at danieljlewis.net. Not .com, but .net. I can't get the .com. Unfortunately, my name isn't trademarked, so I can't go after anyone with that. But check it out, danieljlewis.net, if you're interested there in some of the things I have to share. My latest thing is about Foursquare. And why are we even playing Foursquare? So check it out, danieljlewis.net. I also have sites or links on the site over at theaudacitypodcast.com that I'd love it if you'd click on all the buttons like the social sharing buttons, the Google Plus buttons and all of that. And also, please leave a rating and review in iTunes. You can get to that from theaudacitypodcast.com or theaudacitypodcast.com slash iTunes will take you straight to it. Again, visit Gordon Firemark's website over at firemark.com and follow him on Twitter as G Firemark and huge thanks to Gordon Firemark for uh, spending this time with me so far and the time that we have coming up talking about privacy policies, disclaimers, notices, tax benefits, podcasting as a business and answering some more questions that you might have. So check it all out over at the audacity to podcast.com slash 78 to get the links and show notes for this episode. Please follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. And if you need podcast cover art for your show or you need web design or whatever kind of design services I can do for you, I would love to talk about how I can help you out. Just email me feedback at the audacity to and we can go from there. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue and trademarks and copyrights. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts over at noodle.mx. We've got Clean Comedy, a Once Upon a Time podcast that's getting really popular, and so much more over at noodle.mx. And our awesome redesign is coming soon. So check it out when it launches at noodle.mx. Also, the Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. And they've got so many awesome shows about technology and all kinds of technology, even Minecraft. That's a video game, computer game. That's technology. They've got a Minecraft podcast over at the techpodcast.com. So check it out, the Tech Podcast Network at techpodcast.com.